0: So, uh, welcome to The Living Room. Uh, We're excited for you guys to be here. My name is Reed. I'm excited to be with you guys. This is the the last one of the semester. Cry, cry, tear, tear, but we'll see you next semester. So, uh, I'm so glad, though, that that all of you made it out um, to celebrate Christmas illuminated with us tonight and uh, it's a special night we're gonna have a lot of fun hopefully we'll laugh together uh, maybe you'll learn something new and uh, and, and then um, we'll, we'll sing some more songs here and you guys can stop listening to me and it'll be great but um, but yeah so as I said uh, my name's Reed and and um, I, I don't love Christmas music but I do love Christmas uh, is anybody in here excited about Christmas anybody yeah most people, some of you are like, no, we hate it, right? Like, all right, grow a heart. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I do love Christmas. I don't, I don't necessarily love the music, but, but I love Christmas. There are some things I was thinking about. It. I was like, man, what are some things that I love about Christmas? Uh, one of the things that I love about Christmas is, is going and getting a Christmas tree. Has anybody already gotten their Christmas tree? Yeah, no. Some of you already have. Praise you, right? Yeah, excellent. Some of you're like, "No, my mom does that," right? Like, "Oh, college, sorry." Uh, I know. I'm adulting right now where I go buy my own tree. So so I I love uh I love to go pick out a real tree, right? Anybody real tree fans in the house? The rest of you, I know, if you got the fake tree, you're a fake person. So Reconsider your life. I'm totally joking, I know. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I have allergies. It's a real thing. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> totally joking, I get it. Some of you are just like, I'm OCD. I don't like the needles, right? Like I like the real smell, you know? And so I enjoy a, a real tree. I like to go pick it out myself. And now that I have kids, like my little girl, she likes to come and be like, yeah, this one. I'm like, that's 30 feet tall, you know? Like, And uh, and my, my my little boy, he's nine months. He doesn't care. He's just a bobblehead, you know? But but I love going picking out a real tree and, and having it in my house. I like the way it smells, and uh, and that's like a fun tradition for us. That's one of my, one of my things that I like. I actually, this is gonna sound weird, um, but I actually like now Christmas shopping. Right? Like I used to hate. Christmas shopping, but I actually enjoy it now. Anybody actually like Christmas shopping? You like going and buying things for other people, right? Some of you are like, no, I don't like the lines, right? Like, okay, I get it. But, but like, I've actually like, and this is, I think just come with like being a parent. Like, I like to go get things that I think my kids are going to like, but even more than that, I like to get things that for my kids that I think I'm going to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because the toys now are so much cooler. Like, I'm like, dang, right? Like, and so I like, Last year I got my daughter. She's two. I bought her this Nerf gun, y'all. And they have this like, I know, they have this like ladies brand. It's like Rebel, right? And so it's, it's these like, and, and there's this like Nerf crossbow, right? She can't even cock the little thing back, but I'm like, oh, I got it. Boom, you know, like, and so I love it. I like going and getting gifts that I think that they're going to like or that I think I'm going to like. I like to go Christmas shopping um and, and then uh, like as I'm thinking about it, I'm like man probably my favorite thing to do though at Christmas right like I, I, li- I like the tree I like the the shop and I like to get the gifts and stuff like that I hate wrapping things so I just stick everything in a bag but but the one of the things that I love 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 at Christmas and this is like just a tradition I had growing up and now it's become a tradition of mine is going to look at Christmas lights anybody like going to see Christmas lights Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, growing up for me, like, it wasn't, like, Lake Lanier, you know what I'm saying, like, or, like, Stone Mountain or anything like that. Like, we, like, got in a car and we, like, drove into neighborhoods, right? Like, we didn't do, like, the bougie white person thing where you're, like, oh, my gosh, let's go see Lake Lanier, Nights of Lights, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. We, like, got in a car and we drove around into big neighborhoods and we, like, looked around. We were, like, look at those people's lights. That's what we did. And that's what I like to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't gonna pay to look at somebody else's lights. And so... But but so I, I like to go look at like at lights and we did that when we were growing up like my family we would do that we would, we would drive around into neighborhoods and we would go and we would try to find like the like tackiest like nasty, like you know what I'm saying like the one that's got it like timed out to some orchestra we're like ding 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 and, and we would get out and take pictures in front of it you know what I'm saying like these people and so I, I used to like to do that and now we do that now um, since I've been married and, and then also now having kids like we like to do that we like to drive around um, find big neighborhoods drive through and, and see all the Christmas lights right I love looking at the Christmas lights now uh, I was thinking though as I was coming to talk to you guys tonight I was, you know the theme is Christmas illuminated and I was thinking about my favorite things about Christmas and I was thinking about Christmas lights and I started to think about like wh- where did that come from like, where did that come from? Have you ever thought about that? Like, why do we celebrate Jesus' birthday with, like, decorating our house with, like, Christmas lights? And I know some of you are going to be like, capitalism. And I'm like, okay, right? Get off me, college people. And so, yes, I get it. Like, yeah, there, there's some of that that's, that's been in there. But, like, where did it all start, right? Now, I Googled it, and Google told me that it was this German, these German people. And the way that the whole light thing, like, started and got attached with Christmas is that they would put these candles in their Christmas trees. Candles in their Christmas trees, right? Sounds like a recipe for disaster. Like, watch it, you know. Like, and so, like, like, like they, but they did this. They would, they would put candles in their Christmas tree, and, and and they would have these lights, and and the tradition. That's kind of where the tradition began. But but light, like being synonymous with Christmas, right? It actually started like way, way, way back, like before even that started. Like, light became synonymous with Christmas. Actually, like in this. In this book right here, in, in one of the Gospels, one of the, like, the birth accounts of Jesus. Now, if you're not familiar with the Gospels, let me, let me catch you up to speed. There are four Gospels in the Bible, and the Gospels are essentially just the life accounts of this man named Jesus. And they were written, uh, two of them were written by actual eyewitnesses, people that hung out with Jesus. And then two of them were written by people who hung out with people that hung out with Jesus. And they were like, I should write this down. And so these four Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in in Matthew and Luke, they give you the traditional like birth account of Jesus, right? Like the one with like the manger and like you know what I'm talking about, like little shepherd men and all that good stuff. And and there's the you know um, the star and the wise men and all that stuff. That's in the Matthew and Luke accounts. Then you have the the account of the Gospel of Mark. And Mark doesn't even talk about the birth of Jesus. He's like, let's get to the good stuff. Action. Jesus is thirty. You know what I'm saying? Like big and bearded Jesus. That's all he wants to talk about. You know what I'm saying? So I know Ricky Bobby would have hated him. He's like, I like my eight pound, 11 ounce baby Jesus, you know, like, and so, so, so Mark, Mark, though, gets just big and bearded Jesus. And then there's this other account and it's the gospel of John and John, right? John is actually one of the best friends of Jesus. And John records in his, a birth account of Jesus that's different than all the others. Because it doesn't really talk about uh, the stuff happening, like what happened around the birth of Jesus. It really talks about why. Why was Jesus born? Why did Jesus come into the world? This is what the Gospel of John focuses on at the very beginning. And it's in his birth narrative that we get this, this idea of light. And, and, and that light should be something that we think about at the time of Christmas. And so I want to show you how John begins his account and this is what he says, and it'll be up there. Yeah, oh, hello. And, um, and so I'm going to read it from my Bible, though, because I like it. It's mine. And so this is what he says. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, if you're tripping over that idea of word, just know that when they say word, they're referring to Jesus. So you could read it, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning, right? And then it says, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not, and in this version it says understood it. In other versions it says has not overcome it, right? And so uh, here's John, and John gives us this idea uh, that Jesus is the light of the world, right? Jesus is the light of the world. This is where we get this idea. This is how light has become synonymous with with Christmas because John said, in the beginning, when Jesus came to the earth, when he was born, he says, Jesus is like, he's like light in the darkness. He said, when this baby was born, it was like light in the darkness. And, and so John is essentially saying, you know, hey, look, the world can be a dark place. And you guys know that, right? Everybody knows that the world can be a dark place. You know that the world can be a dark place if you've ever experienced racism, if you've ever experienced hatred, if you've ever experienced bigotry, if you've ever experienced persecution, if you've ever experienced heartache or loss, if you've ever experienced rejection, if you ever have had to sit with somebody as they got the news that they've got cancer, then you've experienced the darkness that this world can be. And so John says, though, into that darkness, there was light that came, and that light was Jesus. And so John is letting us know, look, Jesus is the light of the world, and that's really good news, right? Because darkness can be scary, can it? Darkness can be scary. How many of y'all would admit that growing up, you were afraid of the dark? Anybody? Yep. I know some of y'all are like, nah, dude, I've never been scared of the dark. I'm like, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many of y'all would admit right now that you're still kind of scared of the dark, Right? Some of y'all are like, no, nah, I'm not scared of the dark. But still, when you flick the light out, you run up the stairs. you know what I'm saying? Uh, dude, I was, just, you know, I was just trying to get my steps in on Fitbit. Okay. No, 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 no. You know, you know. Like, growing up, right? I was growing up. Here's the deal. Growing up, I was scared of the dark. I was scared of the dark for sure. I used to do the whole, like, you know, you flick the light switch. And I, I, for some reason in my mind, there was always, like, um, zombie dogs like chasing me and i was like no no and then i okay good you know what i'm saying like another thing that i did cuz i was scared of the dark is um like like uh, when i when i would go to bed like i never wanted like my arm or my leg to hang off the side you know what i'm saying cuz i was afraid that it would be like you know be like no you know like and so i'd be like all right you got to you know mom dad can you put like some pillows on either side i got to be in like a fort you know Or, or if I had to get up and go to the bathroom, you know what I would do as I'm getting out of bed, you do one of these, you know what I'm saying? Just in case an arm comes out, you know, like you can't get me, you know what I'm saying? Like I would just, all right, just to make sure darkness can be a little bit scary, right? The darkness can be a little bit scary. And in this world, it's true that the darkness can be a little bit scary, You know, when you think about some of those things that we just mentioned, darkness can be scary. And so it's good news when John says, hey, the light has come, right? Because you guys know this, just a little bit of light goes a long way, doesn't it? Like, man, it's in a dark room, you just turn your cell phone flashlight on, you're like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, just a little bit of light goes a long way. And so John says, hey, the good news around Christmas is that light has come, right? Jesus is the light of the world, now, I'm one of those analytical people, though, and so when I started thinking about the statement, Jesus is the light of the world, man, it sounds good. It's powerful imagery, right? You're like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, right? Jesus is the light. Darkness is scary. Jesus is here. I never have to be afraid. Hello, you know, like, and so you're like, man, Jesus is, the, but what does that mean? What does it mean? Like, like, honestly, like, what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world, Like, I started to ask some of my friends that, like, in prepping for this message. I was like, hey, what do you, like, talk to me about that. What does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? And these are, like, professional Christians, you know what I'm saying? Like, the people that, like, you get paid to love Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm asking these people, like, what what does it mean? And they're like, you know, you know? And I'm like, no, bro, that's what I'm asking you. And they're like, you know, you know, like I even asked my mom like today, like before I, like before I was about to come down here, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, you know, I'm talking tonight about Jesus is the light of the world. And she was like, oh my gosh, you just go, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and and then she said, she said, oh, she was like, that's so amazing. You know, people need to hear that. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, You know what it means. And I'm like, no. Like, what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? Because we still experience so much darkness. So obviously he didn't just come and just click and now it's all gone. So what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? I think to understand this, you guys, we got to understand a little bit about light. Light reveals things. Light illuminates things for us. And so I think to understand what Jesus has come to reveal and to illuminate, what I'd like for us to do tonight, to understand what it means that Jesus is the light of the world, what I'd like to do is I'd like to fast forward in the Gospel of John. And I'd like to take you uh, to a story that happens a little bit later, after John has declared that Jesus is the light of the world. I want to take you to a story where it's the first time that Jesus actually calls himself the light of the world. And the story happens in the Gospel of John, chapter 8. And in this story, Jesus has an interaction, and this interaction is between him and a woman and a crowd. And it's in this interaction that Jesus begins to reveal some things, to illuminate some things for the crowd, for this woman. And for us who are reading it thousands of years later, Jesus begins to illuminate some things. And then at the end of this story, he declares, look, I'm the light of the world. So I want to show you this story. And then I want to point out to you three things that Jesus illuminates for us uh, that that reveal to us why he is the light of the world and why that matters for you and I. And so the Gospel of John chapter 8, starting in verse 2. There it is. It says, At dawn, he, being Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and they made her stand before the group. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commands us to stone such women. Now what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap. In order to have a basis for accusing him being Jesus. Now, let me just tell you what's going on. So there is a woman, right? You guys have heard it just now. There's a woman, and she is literally, it says, like, when it says she was caught in adultery, they mean literally caught in the act. I don't know how that happened, right? Like, that's a weird thing to get caught in the act of. Like, I don't know if some of the Pharisees were going over to their boy's house to get him before they go to temple, and they were like, yo, Bob, and then they open the door, and they are like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, But, but whatever happened, like, like, she's literally caught in the act, and these guys grab her, and they drag her out in front of Jesus, and they want to bring her to Jesus specifically. The reason why they don't just kill her right there, they want to bring her to Jesus specifically because it says they want to trap, they want to discredit Jesus, they want to stop this movement that this Jesus guy has started. You see, Jesus was really popular, what he was preaching was attractive to people, people that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus and he liked them, and so all of a sudden people who would never go to these other guys' churches were showing up and listening to Jesus preach, and so they were jealous, they were angry, they didn't understand, and so they want to discredit Jesus, and so they're bringing this woman because they know, if we can get Jesus to say, yes, let's throw rocks at her until she's dead, then Jesus is just like us, and nobody's going to buy into his movement anymore. But if Jesus says no, then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, now he doesn't believe in the Bible, and so he's a heretic, and nobody's going to follow him anymore. So like, we've got him. We've got him trapped. Now, I love what Jesus does next, right? Y'all, Jesus was smooth. Just watch. Ready? I know. Y'all think Jesus is lame? Check this, right? Drop that card. And then it says, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Pause. Like, how weird are you feeling right now? You're like, yo, Jesus, what should we do? And Jesus is like, I'm not even talking to you. And he bends down. He says, starts writing with his finger. It says, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and asked them, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the one to throw the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. So now here's Jesus, Right? And and they've asked him this question and they're like, okay, hey, you know what? Like what should we do with this lady? And you guys in their minds, right, like like their worldview was that there were good people and there were bad people. And the good people were the people that God loved, and the bad people were the people that God didn't love, and they considered themselves among the good people, and they considered this woman very obviously amongst the bad people. And these guys are trying to maintain this worldview, and so they're asking Jesus, Jesus, what should we do with this bad person? And Jesus, it says, begins to stoop down, and he starts writing on the ground. Now, we don't know what he was writing, right? It doesn't say what he was writing. He could have just been doodling to ignore them. He could have been writing down Scripture most most scholars think that what Jesus was writing down was that he was writing down these guys' sins. Now, can you imagine, like, how awkward and terrible that would be? Like, you're like, you're like, yo, bro, what? Why did you do that? You know what I'm saying? You're, you're the guy that stole my camel. I can't believe that, you know? Like, or then the other guy's, like, going like, oh, my gosh, like, Fred, you are nasty, right? Like, And then the other guy's looking at it going like, you saw that? Like, how did he know? You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought I was a home alone, you know? And it's like, oh, right? Like, this is awkward. This is weird, right? Jesus is writing these things down. And you can imagine things are uncomfortable. But as uncomfortable as it is, they continue to press Jesus. And Jesus stands up and addresses them. And this is one of the first things that, that he illuminates for them. He stands up and addresses them. And he attacks their worldview, that there are good people and there are bad people. And there are some people that God loves and there are some people that God doesn't. And there are some people that are okay and they've done enough good things and there are some people that are just too far gone. Jesus stands up and he looks at all of them and he says, let the one without sin be the, be the one to cast the first stone. And in this moment, it's almost like you could probably hear a pin drop as everybody's standing there with their rocks. And It's like Jesus is is illuminating in this moment something that none of them had had even thought about before, something that they had been blind to, something that they had been in the darkness about. The thing that Jesus reveals to them and to us, the thing that he is light about right now, it says this right here, the light illuminates our sin. And, And the reason why I highlighted our is because at this point, these guys had thought that it was just about other people's sin. And all of a sudden, Jesus addresses them and looks them in the face and says, hey, no, 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 you've got sin too. You've got sin too. And chances are, if somebody knew your sin, they would be standing here with rocks ready to throw them at you. And the crowd begins to disperse with the oldest leaving first. And I would imagine it's the oldest first because the oldest people probably had the most baggage and the most brokenness and the most sin that maybe nobody else knew about. In this moment, you guys, Jesus, the light of the world, is illuminating for this crowd and for each and every one of us that every single one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us has junk. Every single one of us has brokenness. Every single one of us has done something that we were ashamed of. Every single one of us has done something that we wished that we wouldn't have done. Every single one of us has done something that has gotten us in trouble. Every single one of us has done something that we regret. Every single one of us has done, said, or thought something that if I put it up on the screen, you would be embarrassed to be here. Every single one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us falls short. In God's economy, it's not good people and bad people. It's people, broken people that need a savior. And I know that that sounds like bad news. I know that some of y'all are like, yo, it's not normally like this. It's way more encouraging and this guy's being really, really hard right now. And I know that some of you are like, please come back next time. But listen, listen, you need to know this. You need to know that you and I, every single one of us is a sinner because if you do not see your sin, you will not see your need for a savior. If you do not see your sin, you will not see your need for a savior. And so Jesus reveals, the light of the world reveals your sin and my sin, not because he wants to judge us, but because he wants you to see your sin so that you know that you need a savior. And so he lights this up for them. And he reveals to them and to you and to me that each and every one of us is broken and in need of a savior. We all have sin. We all deserve to be in the place that that woman was in with people ready to throw rocks at us because all of us have fallen short. Every single one of us. There are no perfect people, only Jesus. And so Jesus reveals this to them. And now the news is about to get a whole lot better, right, as this story goes on. And so let's get the next part of the scripture up. Keeps going. It says, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing. Jesus straightened up and he asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And the woman said, No one, sir. And then he says, Neither, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared. In this moment, Right? Jesus has revealed the sin in each and every one of us, that all of us is broken, that all of us fall short. And then he looks at this woman and, and he's like, you can almost imagine now, I would never suggest looking at somebody and being like, woman, you know what I'm saying? Like, but Jesus can do it because he made her. Right. So 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 Jesus looks at this woman and, and he says, woman, like, is there anyone here to condemn you? And she says, she says, no one. And then the one, the perfect one, the only one there who could have thrown a rock at her, looks at her and he says, then I don't condemn you either. I don't condemn you either. And in this moment, in this statement, in this moment of grace and love and mercy and acceptance, it's like Jesus is, is revealing something. He is illuminating something to her, but not just to her, to each and every one of us that would hear, hear this story. Jesus is illuminating and lighting up God's love. Jesus is illuminating God's love. You see, these people had grown up in a society where God's love was merit-based and where you earned God's love by how good you were. And Jesus looks at these people and says, you're all sinners, you're all broken, you're all busted, but here's the good news, I love you. I love you anyway. I don't love some future version of you. I don't love some cleaned up version of you. I don't love the version of you 10 years down the road. I love you. In your brokenness, in your sin, in your struggle, I love you right where you're at. I love you. And that's what Jesus is illuminating to this woman and to each and every one of us, right? And what's so amazing is that Jesus didn't just say, I love you, right? That, that, that just chapters later in this gospel account, Jesus will walk to the cross and he will die a brutal, painful sinner's death for a crime that he did not commit as an illustration that he's willing to die for each and every one of our crimes that he did not commit. And that each and every one of us can experience the love of God and relationship with God simply by putting our faith him and so Jesus in this moment he reveals God's love so if you're here tonight and maybe you've been wondering what God thinks about you maybe you've been maybe maybe you've been feeling like God could never love me based on what you've done or something that's been done to you you've been feeling like somehow that discounted you from the love of God what I want to tell you tonight is that Jesus the light of the world illuminates God's love through this woman but to each and every one of us and he looks at you and you are exactly the kind of person that God would love No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, no matter what you did last night or what you were planning on doing tomorrow, God loves you. No matter what you think about him in this moment, God loves you. And Jesus, the light of the world, came to reveal that and to illuminate that to each and every one of us. The love of God. That's one of the things that Jesus came to reveal. So he illuminates our sin so that we see our need for a savior. And he illuminates his love So that he knows he didn't come to judge or condemn. He came to give us grace and mercy in relationship with him. And then the story closes with just one simple phrase. Jesus says this He looks at the woman and he says, Go now and leave your life of sin. He says, Go now and leave your life of sin. Now, I'll be honest. Like, when I used to read this, like, when I very first became a Christian, I became a Christian at 20 years old when I was in college, um, and, and so when I started reading the Bible for the first time, I started with the Gospel of John, and I remember reading that, and I thought that was, like, a very, like, churchy answer. After a very not-churchy experience, then he's like, now go and don't do that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's kind of how I imagined Jesus saying it, like, quit like, it, you know? Like And so, like, it, it seemed like, whoa, like, after this amazing, like, moment of grace, then Jesus is all like, yeah, now stop doing that. Right, and that's the way I used to read it. But after studying it, you guys, and actually reading like back in the original language, like it's not this like churchy phrase that Jesus is saying. Jesus is actually like giving like an encouragement, and there's so much passion in what he says. When he says, go and sin no more, or go and and stop doing that, right? Or when he says, go and leave your life of sin, what he's really saying to this lady is almost like, hey, you don't have to live that way anymore. Like, like, like what Jesus is saying to this lady, it's way more like you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to go back to your sin. I believe you can do it. There's something new available to you. And so Jesus has this statement, but really this statement is illuminating something, the light revealing right now, the light is revealing a new life. The light is revealing a new life that's possible for this woman and that's possible for each and every one of us by placing our faith in. In Jesus, he's revealing a new life, new potential, something new and better and different. Jesus is looking at this woman and he looks at each and every one of us and he's going like, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to do that anymore. Like you don't have to go back, like uh, to this woman, he's saying, you don't have to go back to sleeping with people in order to feel better about yourself or to try to find love. You don't have to do that anymore. And he almost looks at each and every one of us and he's saying like, look, you don't have to, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to go back to. You don't have to go back to your addiction. You don't have to go back uh, to, to to looking at pornography. You don't have to go back to uh, your, your low self-esteem. You don't have to go back to your insecurity. You don't have to go back to feeling that unforgiveness. You don't have to go back and live with bitterness in your heart. You don't have to go back with racism in your heart. You don't have to go back with, those, with that, that, that unforgiveness still sitting in your heart. He's going like, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live like that anymore. There is a new life that's available to you. There are new possibilities available to you. There is a new life full of passion, full of purpose that's available to you. There is a new life available to you. And this is what Jesus is saying to this woman and to each and every one of us. And this is what it means that Jesus is the light of the world. These are the things that he comes to reveal. And after he says this statement and and he has this interaction, Jesus will go on and the very next thing that he says, he says, when he spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You guys, at Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world. And we celebrate it with lights and we put lights on trees and we put lights on houses and, and we sing songs and, and we do this, this you know Christmas illuminated and we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world. And what that means, you guys, what it means that Jesus is the light of the world is that Jesus has come to reveal things to us that we could not see before, that we were in darkness about. Jesus has come to to reveal our sin so that we would see a need for a savior. Jesus has come uh, to to reveal God's love so that we could experience that and walk in relationship with him. And Jesus has come to reveal a new life that's possible for each and every one of us so that you and I know we don't have to live that way anymore. uh, A better life is possible. A different life is possible. And so, you guys, that's what it means that Jesus is the light of the world That's what we celebrate each year at Christmas. That's why a bunch of German people put candles in in a Christmas tree so long ago. That's why we continue uh, to celebrate with lights at Christmas because the light of the world has come. Now, I I feel like I gotta ask this uh, tonight. Knowing that Jesus is the light of the world, my question to each and every one of you is, is Jesus the light of your world? Have you made it personal? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Is Jesus the light of your world? The good news is that any moment, at any point in time, you can say yes to Jesus and he can become the light in your world. And you don't need me to do some altar call, but, but, but you, you can decide for yourself that you want to follow and trust Jesus. And in that moment, he wants to come into your life and to be the light Of your world. So have you made Jesus the light of your world? Is he personal? Is it personal for you? Because he's the light of the world, but he wants to be the light of your world. Now, if you've if you've made Jesus the light of your world, if you've received Jesus, if you would call yourself a Christian, then here's what you need to know. If you've received the light of the world, you gotta be a light in the world. If you've received the light, you gotta be a light. If you've received the light, you've got to be a light, and there's no better time, you guys, for, for, to, for us to be a light, I think, than at Christmas time, because at Christmas time, you're going to go get back with some other friends, right, that have been at other colleges, or have been doing other things, right, and you're going to see them again, and you're all going to hang out, and you're going to do like White Elephant, oh my gosh, weird gift, you know what I mean, and you guys are going to hang out, and talk, and catch up for the first time, and and that's a great opportunity for you to be a light to them, to listen more than you talk, to, to extend grace and forgiveness, to to be patient with them, to to extend love to them, right? Like like that's a great chance for you to be a light. You're also going to hang out with family at Christmas, and Lord knows for me, I know I need a lot of patience and a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness when it comes to getting together with my family. There are some people I'm excited to see, and there are some people where I'm like, oh my God, Jesus help me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so there is no better time for you Christians in the room to be the light. If Jesus has become the light in your world, then it's time for you to become a light in the world. And so I would challenge you, Christians in the room, as you leave, you know, go back home, you're hanging out with family and you're hanging out with friends, be a light. If you've received the light, it's time to be a light. Now here's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna we're gonna finish our night singing a couple more songs. But what the band's gonna do is they're gonna come up and, and we're gonna sing a a classic Christmas song and there's light In this song. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to light some candles and, and yeah, you can grab your candles and they're going to walk down and they're going to light the